thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, a packet. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for a packet. And I'm here today with Maureen McCarthy. Maureen is the President and CEO of Celtic Consulting, and she joins us to discuss the growing need for new nurse assessment coordinators and the benefits of a NAC mentorship. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you, Amy. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you. I have been hearing that there is a great need for new NACs out there. How do you recognize someone who might be interested in a career in MDS? Well, when I was actually sitting in the chair as a nurse assessment coordinator, it was a little bit easier because as nurses would ask me questions about what I was doing and they had the basic interest about the MDS process, that sort of gave me an idea about folks who might be interested in moving over to, let's say, this sort of the, this side of the nursing world. So folks who are interested in learning more about how we treat our patients, learning how the information is exchanged, how we utilize the information and what we do with it. So I think it's someone that is inquisitive about the MDS process that would be appropriate to, you know, go further to see if they're interested in becoming uh, a nurse assessment coordinator. That's great information. I know that I used to also look for somebody who really loved the assessment process. I think that that also would clue me in that, oh, you might make a great knack someday. The other thing, Amy, is I think that folks who are really super good at documentation also get that. And so I think mm-hmm. that, you know, folks who are really thorough with their documentation would be other good sources to identify someone who might be a, a good nurse assessment coordinator. Um, because as we know, documentation is the basis of where we gather our information to complete the MDS process. So I think if someone has, you know, really good, solid documentation skills already, that would be another person that might be appropriate as a nurse assessment coordinator. So true. How can organizations ensure that their NACs are properly trained before they take on the role independently? Well, I think if you have a mentor in the building that can initially, you know, teach them about the process and the coordination of the interdisciplinary team, I think that's a good place to start. And then the MDS Essentials course that you've got there at APACN is a great road to, you know, teach folks who may be interested in the beginning. Then after they get their feet wet for a little while, taking the certification course, the RAC-CT, and then obviously moving on to the RAC-CTA as they advance throughout their career as a nurse assessment coordinator. But, uh, you know, just getting them used to certain sections. So maybe if someone was interested and they were really good at wound care documentation, maybe we start with section M and we have them, you know, become a little bit more interested in what questions that we ask, what documentation that we utilize to complete that section. And then sort of get them interested and move them beyond the skin integrity component and onto other assessment areas. You know, I think those would be some other great ways to be able to train folks so they can get into the nurse assessment coordinator role. That is really good information and so true. You know, the MDS Essentials is a great place for people who are even trying to get their feet wet, just learn a little bit more about the MDS. That's a great place to start. Thank you for sharing that. Should a NAC mentorship program also involve new NAC seeking input from nursing assistants? And if so, how could these insights improve the MDS process other than just using documentation? 
Well, I think that, you know, the documentation is the end product sort of of what they're doing. They're giving the care. They're looking for changes that the resident is experiencing today, and then they're documenting about it. But I think that if we could get them interested in reporting back and looking for those little nuances and changes, I think that's going to help us. The other piece that I think is going to be helpful is for our nursing home profession, you know, the nurses and the clinicians that are in the nursing home profession to start treating nursing assistants like nursing assistants rather than just caregivers. Yes, they provide the majority of the hands-on care, but they do so much more than that. And I think if we can empower them that we could, you know, really utilize their skills on, you know, maybe they're not doing an assessment because they're not skilled clinicians and licensed, you know, registered nurses to be able to do assessments, but they can recognize subtle and sometimes blatant changes in residents um, that we see. So, you know, maybe there's some a change that the resident is experiencing that isn't documented, it isn't captured, and the CNA, you know, is interested in that. And I think that's another way that we could gain some of their intel, that important CNA intel that may never get to documentation, but can help us to recognize things like changes in condition, declines in condition, improvements in condition, you know, something that's just off so that when the patient experiences that major decline, maybe there were some signs early on that we could have intervened and saved maybe a hospitalization or, you know, a different condition from developing or, you know, a bout of depression or something like that. I think that, you know, if we utilize, open that line of communication and start treating them like assistance to the nurse and rather than just glorified caregivers that don't have any intellectual skills to be able to recognize changes in patients. And even if it's not something that's warranted or if it's a cyclical change, you know, the nurse can come and assess that piece. But if we shut down the communication from the CNA to say, I don't have time for that. Somebody else already told me about that, you know, or, you know, huff and puff when they come to tell you about something because you're, you know, displeased because you're getting interrupted. We're going to shut down that pipeline of communication very quickly. And I think that we're missing some signs and symptoms or some changes that patients may be experiencing, even subtle changes, once we close that pipeline of communication down. So I think that utilizing the skills of the nursing assistants as nursing assistants as much as we can, have them operating and practicing at the top of the scope of their practice as a CNA, as we are as registered nurses practicing at the top of our scope of practice. You know, we don't always have physicians in the building. We generally don't have physicians in the building. So the nurses need to have super assessment skills to be able to know what to report back to that physician. It's different than a hospital setting where you can call a physician that's on call to come and take a look at the patient. As a registered nurse in a skilled nursing facility, you need to recognize those symptoms and you need to do the collection of the data and the assessment to be able to report off to the medical staff. So I think if we empower our CNAs, I think we can give better patient care all around. You know, I love that, Maureen, because I think back to my days as a NAC or even a DNS, really, and the value of the CNA is huge. Um, I used to tell them, as a, when I, especially when I was a NAC, there is no piece of information too small that you can't come to me with. And I would love it when I would show up and they would say, I'm not sure, but I thought you should know. And I would say the majority, if not all of the time, the information that they were sharing with me 
was a key to something that was going on with a resident that required intervention. So I appreciate you saying that. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? I think maybe just that I've been working on a few diversity programs to be able to bring more diversity into the nurse assessment coordinator field. So I think that that might be something for some of your listeners to keep their eye on. Other groups of folks that are interested but maybe don't have the opportunity to be able to get into the field, I think that's going to be something exciting coming down the pike over the next few years. So thank you for letting me share that, Amy. Sure, no problem. Thank you for joining us today, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic and I think a very important subject and very timely. So thank you so much for talking about this, Amy. No problem. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for the Nurse Assessment Coordinator, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash a pack-in.